This is Cyber Defense Radio with your host and cybersecurity expert, Gary Malefsky. Gary brings to you another globally recognized cybersecurity executive in the hot seat today. Sitting in my hot seat today is a very special guest. He's the CEO and co-founder of CYE, but the website is cyesec.com. It's Ruben Aron Hashvida. Ruben, welcome back to the hot seat. Thank you very much, Gary. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's an honor. And really, uh, I've been looking into standards and talking to groups like the FAIR Institute, which sounds awesome. But as, as I explore with CISOs, their deployment models and the attempts to actually implement something so comprehensive in a, in a quick turnaround, not five years, but one year, they're all struggling to optimize their cybersecurity risk uh, quantification, mitigation, and even their investments. But FAIR seems to move them in the right direction. Is there any way to speed it up or fix it? Or have, have you come up with ideas to improve what FAIR is up to? Yeah, so definitely FAIR is a great uh, concept, but coming to implementation, it has some kind of challenges and difficulties in doing that. Starting from the fact that you still need to be an expert in some cases in order to guess what is the what is the specific parameter that you need in order to get the, to the actual value. So from our point of view, we've taken those missing parts, right? And added very practical tools, data-driven tools that are based on data that we've collected, capabilities that we've optimized over time and provided simple tools for the CISO and the group of uh, the risk management team in an organization to actually ingest their own data, get first the business risk quantification concept sorted out, getting very clear numbers, what is at risk, what is the specific risk, what would be the dollar value cost in case of a compromise, and then based on that, uh, we will tell you as an organization where you need to invest, what you need to invest, and how your mitigation program or cybersecurity resilience program will be optimal. When it comes to budget, when it comes to results in the end, it's all covered. And Ruben, is this, uh, do we get some amazing dashboard and, and uh simplified results that are easy to bring to our board uh, to help the CISO present the case for making adjustments based on the business impact of the risk uh, that you're finding in real time? So you're spot on. That's the point, right? Being able to speak the management language or board of directors language, that's a, a very true pain point for a lot of the CISOs and the technical team members out there. So they understand the risk, they get it, but then they need to translate it show the value and explain the value to the other side that from their point of view, sometimes cybersecurity looks like a cost center. We just, we just pay more and more. Why do we need to invest more and more? And being able to speak their language, explain in very simple terms, those are the risks. This is what you put on stake when you have this kind of vulnerability at the moment. This is how much it's going to cost you. And this is what I need in order to mitigate it. Now make a decision, right? It's actually very simple decisions based, based on data-driven approach. You have all the data, all the details that you need. The cost in case of an exploit, the cost in case of a breach, the cost to mitigate. Now make a decision. Does it worth the investment? If yes, great, let's go ahead and do that. If not, it's a very simple decision, but that's the point. Given the data, I'll make the decision. So speaking of the data, I mean, it's all about uh, the data. The attack methodologies are, evolving over time. Um, many of the exploiters are going to people's browser caches before they do a business email compromise, before they do a ransomware attack. They're getting smarter. 
they're getting evasive. Uh, there's, you know, new zero day exploits out there. Cybercrime has grown way beyond it's doubled what used to be the biggest form of crime in the world, drug crime. Now it's in the, I think, 1.2 trillion and growing and drug crime is maybe 600 billion. So, you know, they say crime doesn't pay, but it seems that it does. Um, when you get all this data, what can we do to stop these breaches? So the concept that we take is try to minimize the impact in your organization and walk away from the concept of let's try to prevent everything, right? From our point of view, the a question of breach in your organization is not a question of if, it's just a question of when, right? And you can be the most sophisticated organization worldwide. In the end, the game should be, how do we make the attackers gain less than they actually invested? Then they won't attack you again, because if I invested 1 million and I get 500K in return, it's not a good business, right? And they, those are very smart businessmen, as you just mentioned. The most evolving economy probably in the world is around cybercrime. So the point that we are trying to, to make here in, in, in general in our approach is let's anticipate the attacker steps by actually mimicking his behavior or they, their behavior. We put it in a very clear visual approach that will be translated into a mathematical model. Then we find the obstacles it will be the optimal obstacles from the organization perspective. And then you change the game completely. Instead of being in a situation that an attacker is coming and searching where you've done wrong, where is your misconfiguration, the single point of failure that you've done, and then the attacker will exploit it in order to gain access to your organization. We change the game a little bit. Now we are searching where the attacker is going to be wrong, when he's going to make his own mistake and we'll be able to identify him. and mitigate on the spot to contain the situation with minimal damage or minimal impact to the organization. So it's a different game, same tools, same concept, but the objectives are completely different. When you rephrase the game in this way, your chances to win are much higher than what we had before in the previous game in which you just need to avoid everything to, to make sure that nothing is going to happen in your organization, which is practically impossible. This is brilliant. Now, how easy is it to deploy SISEC and how um, are we deployed? Are we talking SaaS? Uh, do we have plugins or connectors? Is there a dashboard, maybe Splunk or something that they might say, well, I want the data to flow into here. How do we get rolling? That's a great question. So from our point of view, it's very easy SaaS platform to start with. You don't need anything. In order to ingest more data to get the system more accurate, the data more curated, you can have connectors to your security tools, to your security operations center, to your internal teams, everything is out there. But to start with, you don't need anything. That's very simple. Data is starting to get populated. Then if you have a CMDB and you want, you want to ingest your asset list, great, we can do that. If you have other vulnerability generating capabilities, whether it, those are vulnerability scanners, breach and attack simulation platforms, uh, cloud-based, uh, uh, um, let's say, um, um, performance optimization tools, we can ingest those as well. And in the end, you get a unified, cohesive view for your organizational vulnerabilities. And then you're able to optimize between those specific vulnerabilities. So for example, one of the main problems that we see today, you have your application security tools, your vulnerability management tools, and you have your cloud-based uh, um, tools as well. Now you get a list of vulnerabilities here, a list of vulnerabilities here, and a list of vulnerabilities here. Now what's more important? Is this 
this specific one is coming from the cloud or is this application level vulnerability? In the tool itself, you know what is more important because they have a way to prioritize, but among the tools, what is more important? That's a very hard question to answer. And from our point of view, putting everything on the same platform, cohesive, integrated, and providing you a single pane of glass, that's exactly what we do. And this way, you have the organizational business assets in mind. That means you are not only looking for the technical part, but actually correlating everything that you do into the business considerations, becoming a business enabler rather than a cost center, as I mentioned before. That's wonderful. And a lot of the CISOs I talk to on a regular basis say one of their biggest challenges is talent. Uh, in the U.S. alone, we have 500,000 cybersecurity job openings and growing. Can you augment their staff and help them? And can you train their junior folks uh, to get to the level they need? And how much training is necessary to work with SISEC? So first of all, yes, we augment teams completely. We can uh, support red teamers all around the world. We can even replace some of the missing uh, roles that you have in your organization, making sure that you never get short on your uh, talent. It's a very hard problem, I have to say, as you mentioned, uh, in Israel, we have a shortage that is quite significant as well. And um, training on the Sci platform and working with Sci is extremely easy as the interfaces are self-explanatory. However, we have also a continuous support with our team. Every time that you work with Sci, you have a technical account manager. That's not a project manager, but a security architect working with you very closely, making sure that you get everything that you need over time. And more than that, making sure that your team is able to use the platform in the right way, get the relevant results, data, and consequence, and sorry, conclusions from the platform, and then use it accordingly. So that's part of our package. You don't need even to worry about it. The operational process around it, it's something that we cover for you. Does Reuven does a small to medium-sized business, which you know 80% of the GDP in the US comes from SMBs. Can they afford you or can they not afford to live without you or are they too small? You know, the, the beautiful part of what we do is that we usually pay for ourselves. The, um, the optimization that we provide your organization with, the cutting costs that we have and the resources that are being put in the right place, only the difference that you have there from cost perspective will already pay for what we what we cost uh, for a year. But to your question, a very simple answer is yes, everyone can afford it. It's um, something that will be providing value and the return on investment will be probably from the highest that you can evaluate in your organization when it comes to cybersecurity. Because we don't only improve your cybersecurity posture and your maturity level, we also do that in an optimal way. That's part of our value proposition. And you quantify financial risk in a easily to understand a measurable way, which means uh, some business impact decisions can be made that they never would have figured out without you. Exactly that. And more than that, efficiency of projects. You're going now to deploy, for example, a DLP solution. Does it make sense? The risk reduction associated with this project, is it higher or significantly higher than your investment? If yes, great, let's go ahead and do that. But if not, which, very commonly happen, not specifically for DLP, but for a lot of projects, you don't understand what will be the value of your implementation. That's something that we can put in front of you in a very clear way. You get actual numbers. You're going to pay X, you're going to get Y. Now, if Y is significantly larger than X, that's great. If not, don't go there. 
you need another route, it will be much more cost efficient for your organization. Ruben, with all this um, data analysis and real-time intelligence, can you predict where the threat vectors are heading and, and warn a client in advance of a certain kind of exploit coming down the pike? So our approach is exactly that, is by analyzing the specific behaviors that we see out there with our incident response team that is actually reacting and responding to incidents all around the world, by seeing the trends in an organization or in the threat landscape out there, right? We actually anticipate the next steps within an organization by actually evaluating the configuration on the side, the specific assets that are there and how those are connected together. With the information that we are collecting, we are able to say, you know what? An attacker in your organization will take, most probably will take those next steps. If you want to protect your organization, we definitely recommend you invest in those steps because that's most probably where you're going to get hit from. And that's really the, the concept that we are trying to change here. Don't try to work only with the compliance-based approach, which is nice and important, but not the point from my point of view. Like tick the box exercise that continuously fails. That's what we see today. You, you started with it. You said, hey, we're investing, we investing more and more in cybersecurity. And still, we see that we are getting breached and significantly breached and the cost, 1.2 trillion that you mentioned before, that's enormous, right? How can it be when cybersecurity budget is growing 10 to 20% a year, right? And from my point of view, that's exactly the point. If you don't change the game, if you don't try to put the obstacles to the attackers in the right place by understanding where they are going to come from in a prescriptive approach, it's not even predictive, it's more prescriptive. Hey, we know it's going to come from there, do that. That from my point of view, the, the one thing that can change the, the balance, right? The false balance between the attackers and defendants. That's incredible. And are there certain verticals that SISEC or CYE, but SISEC.com that uh, folks in different verticals would get the most benefit or is it anybody who's under attack, which is just about everybody? From our point of view, any digital organization needs this kind of solution. If you're digital, if you have computer system, you are at the, the level of risk, of course, different, by the way, different verticals, they have different risk level, of course, that's, uh, that's given by, uh, by the industry in nature. However, if you're a digital organization, you have the risk, you need to take cybersecurity risk into consideration, we can help you. That's wonderful. Ruben Aran Hashvili, the CEO and co-founder of CYE, SciSec.com. Did we miss anything? Is there anything else you'd like to share with our viewers and listeners? No, it was always, uh, as always, wonderful speaking with you. Thank you very much for the time. I really enjoyed the conversation and hope to see you soon. Same here. And folks, go to his website as soon as you can. It's cyesec.com. You're going to have the eagle or bird's eye view on what's happening on your network in a level of risk and business understanding and business impact that you could never have had without him and his team. You've been listening to Cyber Defense Radio. Stay tuned next time for another amazing and informative episode. CyberDefenseRadio.com is proudly part of the Cyber Defense Media Group, where InfoSec knowledge is power. Cyber Defense TV and Cyber Defense Radio have launched 24 by 7 by 365 live streams. Visit them online today at cyberdefense.tv and cyberdefense.radio with your host and globally recognized cybersecurity expert and my good friend.
Gary Malewski.